and try to, you know, not keep you too long, but just give you one more thing. Let's read Exodus 25. You can start it now, Lynn. Exodus 25, verses 8 and 9. Let them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell in their midst exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all its furniture so you shall make it. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity now to just look into the word and to allow your word, one, one, one aspect, one point, one more thing to really change us and touch us. Lord, it is by your word. Your word is life. By, your, by the word of God, the heavens were made and all that we see. And so, Lord, we, we are grateful for your word. Your word can create realities in us that do not exist. But by your word, you can speak them into our lives. And do whatever you please. Nothing shall be impossible with you. And that's why we love your word. It is your word that sustains us. We live by your word. And so help us every day, Lord, to make this word um, so precious and so dear to us. So thank you for the word of God. Teach us, Lord, the fear of the Lord. You invited us in Psalm 34 to come. Oh, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord and teach us, Lord. We, we really don't know until you do that work in us. And so may you, may you magnify your word today, we pray. Amen. So we've been looking at the, the design of the church, but we began to lay foundations, first of all. We have been in a series to talk about the church, you know. But the question that as I began to study on the design of the church, you know, and, and praying, it was like, was like well, what do we need to understand the design of the church? And the Lord made it very clear to just to spend some weeks to talk about the fear of the Lord. All right, the fear of the Lord. And, and we began to ask, how can, how can we begin to understand the design of the church? And so the starting point of all true knowledge and understanding is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs, Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so always remember that. And whatever, anything that you, in, anything that you in, um, set your heart to do, set your heart to do with the fear of the Lord because you're not going to understand anything if you don't have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It, it, that's where it begins. And that's, you know, I remember years ago reading that, and, and that gripped me. I was like, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what do you mean? I, I know that one plus one is two. Do I need the fear of the Lord to know that one plus one is two? And it came back, yes. I need the fear of the Lord to know that one plus one is two. If I don't have the fear of the Lord, I really don't know that one plus one is two. I really don't know it. Does that make sense? Not the way God knows it. You're not, right? One plus one is two. But we need the fear of the Lord to really understand the fullness of, of what one plus one equals two. And so, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning. So we felt laying this foundation on the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So then we began to ask the question, what is the fear of the Lord? Right? So it's like, what is it? And we, we want to ask two questions. What is the fear of the Lord? And then secondly, I can't wait for this second question because it's one of my favorite. Um, why? Why is the fear of the Lord the beginning of knowledge? Why is it that way? Why is that necessary? 
Why is it that you don't know nothing unless you know the fear of the Lord? Why is that the case? Why is it necessarily like that? Right? That, you know, um, there's, there's a logical order. There's a logical requirement of the fear of the Lord to know anything. So I want to I I take a, a, a one week, one Sunday to discuss why it's necessary and why it actually makes perfect sense. So we began to ask, what is the fear of the Lord? Um, and so let me go quickly, just a review. First of all, first of all, um, just to put some, you know, the fear of the Lord, the first thing that you should know about the fear of the Lord is that it presupposes, it assumes that you've had an encounter with God. If you have never had an encounter with God, it is impossible to fear God. You, you, you can't fear that which you don't really have ever encountered. You have to have a real experience with the presence of God. That's the starting point. The starting point of the fear of the Lord is, it starts with God coming and, and you encounter him. But only God can do that. You, you and I cannot encounter God when we want. Right? We just, it is the Holy Spirit. God says, you're going to encounter me on this afternoon. You will encounter me on this day. You will encounter me in specific moments in life. But as much as I, as much as I would like to encounter God every moment of my life, I find out that I don't have control over that. So, so we depend on God to reveal himself to us, to encounter him. And then you have a basis for the fear of the Lord, right? So the first thing the fear of the Lord is, is that you have to have an, and that's important because a lot of people come to church, millions of people come to church, believe it or not, and they've never encountered God. You have to realize that that's just, that's just reality. Millions of people come in and out a year, go to church, but they've never really encountered the presence of God. So it, it's a reality. So we got to encounter God. And we get that from Exodus 20, Exodus 20, 18. Now, when all the people saw the thunder, they saw it. They, they didn't hear about it. Hey, did you hear? Did you hear about the thunder? Oh, yeah, they told me. My, my, my uncle told me that last Friday at, thir at, at three, you know. No, they saw it themselves. They were living witnesses. To the thunder, the flashes of lightning, and the sound of the trumpet, and the mountains shaking. <laughs> they saw it themselves. They were like eyewitness. They saw it themselves. And all of that phenomenon, by the way, you know, we're not going to get into the background of the story, but all that phenomenon, if you remember in the book of Exodus, all that phenomenon is supernatural. It's not just thunder. It's the presence of God has come, had came down upon Mount Sinai. And that was the phenomenon that they experienced. Thunder. Flashes of lightning. Again, this is not lightning as we know it. This is like God lightning. <laughs> this is God thunder. What does that sound like? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the writer of Exodus can only use words that can have some reference to what happened, right? And he said, so it's like, it's like what well, they heard was something that sounded like thunder. Sounded like, it looked like, th like, like lightning. And so, but they experienced, the people, the, the, people's, the people experienced that. So that's the first thing, that's the first thing that we need. Secondly, we, secondly, we said last week, um, the fear of the Lord involves a certain emotional response. Yeah, emotional. <laughs> like, the fear of the Lord is an, involves an emotional response. 
not just, it doesn't, you know, right? What, 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 when the people experienced that, they saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning, the sounds of trumpet, the mountains were shaking. Can you imagine that picture? Mac, I pr- you could probably deal with the thunder, you know, flashes, <laughs> but the mountains quake, shaking, like, are you kidding me? But what happened? We see in Exodus 20, 18 that the people were afraid. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not very complicated. All of that phenomenon shook them, like really, whoa. And, w- and we said last week, you know, I don't think they were expecting it, you know. I don't, I, they, they went there, they, they were chill, they were God's people, and praise God, we just came out of Egypt, you know. <laughs> just like, they were pretty confident, you know. But then God says, you know, remember in Exodus 20, I believe Exodus 20, 20, the Lord says, I'm gonna, I want to put the fear, the, I want to put my fear in you. So God, that's one of the first things, the first order of business after the people came out of Egypt, the first, the first Sunday school class is God's mighty, awesome presence penetrating their subconscious and they come into contact with that. For what reason? So that they may fear the Lord. Amen? You know, it's like th- th- that's the way it works. <laughs> you know, when I got saved, you know, it wasn't too long before, like, oh, there was phenomenon happening that I, it shook me to my core. And I was like, whoa, um, what is going on? But God was present. And it formed and, and it shaped me. It didn't happen every day. But when it happened, it shaped me. I'm like, oh, God is real. Right? I remember, I remember I went for like maybe like three weeks, three, three months in my just with this thought, God is real. God is, I don't know why I put it that way, but in my, in my own mind, it's just like, God is real. I mean, I, I, the reality, it just it hit me. God is real. You ever had that moment in your life? When it, when it just comes to grips when you've been, everything else you think is real, but then there's a moment when God shows himself real. And trust me, that moment you will never forget for the rest of your life. God is real. And we could believe in God. And some may think, yeah, I believe in the Lord. Yes, I believe. But it's another to encounter him. It's another thing when you come into his presence. Right? I remember going three months. I said, God, you're real. Seemed trivial, but it was just like, because we live our lives in such unreality. We live our lives in such, and it just penetrated my reality. And the people were afraid, you know. But let's move on. I'm not, I have more to, let's go right into this next, next, next. Thirdly, this is our, this is our message today. The fear of the Lord, right, presupposes a real experience, right? Real experience, number one, with the presence of God. Number two, it involves a certain emotional response, right, emotional response. And number three, the fear of the Lord involves a certain physical response <laughs> to the presence of God. The physical response, so, you know, you know, first of all, you know, there's an experience with God, there's an emotional response, there's a physical response to the presence of God, right? Look at, look at Exodus 20, 18. Now, when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning, the sounds of the trumpet and the mountains, the people were afraid, and what happened? (laughs) 
need to demonstrate it to you, right? <laughs> it looks funny. Were they not doing that? What do you think? Have you ever trembled? I have. This is an awesome God. And trembled. The people were not only impacted emotionally, but they had a bodily effect. They trembled. The, the word there means to shake. To stagger. To move or cause to move, to jerk quickly. In the Bible, it, trembling is often a sign of fear or anguish, pending doom. Look at Isaiah 7-2. This is the same word. When the house of David was told, Syria is in league with Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz. And, her, and of his people shook. Look, look, look at uh, Moses on this occasion. Look what Hebrews has to say. Hebrews 12, 12. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, Moses, I tremble. <laughs> this is awesome, right? I love it. I love this part of God. I mean, you know, it took me a while to love it, but I love it. He's an awesome God. And every molecule in our body, when God is present, <laughs> so what does it mean to what does it mean to tremble? Uh, two, two things, right? Two things. Trem trembling is usually a response to some stimulus. Right? For the most part, it, it, it's a response to some stimulus. Look, look at Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 16. I hear and my body trembles. So, yeah, right? It, it, it's, it's, it doesn't say that, you know, but it's implicit. That whatever he heard was stimulus enough to cause his body to tremble. Right? I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. So there's stimulus. There's something, there's stimuli that causes a trembling. You know, the, the second thing, the second in, in, in thing that is about trembling is that trembling is an involuntary response. <laughs> trembling is involuntary response that you cannot control. You can't control trembling. Look at Psalm 48.6. Psalm 48.6. Trembling took hold of them. In other words, they didn't ask Trembling, Trembling, can you come? I'll gi I give you permission 
to make me shake and tremble. Is that what they said? I give you permission? No? Trembling took hold of them. <laughs> it took hold of them there. So, so trembling, it, there, there's something um, involuntary about I remember when I was, um, this happened a few months ago. I remember when I was in, taken by ambulance for the first time in my life. I, was, I had that vertigo. Remember that vertigo? Ooh, I was like, and I, and I, I, I was vomiting. I uh, never had this. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. I said, I, I told Laura, call the ambulance. I couldn't even go upstairs. I said, call the ambulance. I don't know what's going on. And, um, and I'll never forget, okay, the ambulance came. And um, I was feeling better. I was feeling better. I was like, okay. And then she gave me Benadryl. Man, that was the worst thing. And um, she gave me Benadryl. I said, why are you giving me Benadryl? And I, I, until today, I'm like, why, when do, why did you give me Benadryl? I had not eaten. I vomited. I've got nothing in my stomach. My, my whole system is empty. And now you're going to inject something into my body. Well, guess what? My body did. I, I was like this. I mean, when I, ju when I just shook just now, it reminded me when I was in, and I was trying to, I, I rebuked the spirit of death taking, and the more I rebuked, the more I shook. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, and I was trying to not let my family see, but, but Laura saw it. And I was, I, I was fighting to, like, what is going on? I couldn't control it. It's like, stop. I, I don't ever remember as a young old man ever that happening. I was really, like, it was like a new experience for me. I, I just couldn't stop trembling. I had lost control. I lost control of something. Um, and um, I... I you know, I never forget just feeling so. Um, it's just hard. It's not a great feeling. Let's just say it. it's just feeling like you, you you can't stop something. What a scene that must have been in the wilderness, right? As the people trembled before the presence of God. Now, here's here's the difference. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm in I'm in a stretcher. I'm and I'm trembling, but, but everybody else is like calm. I see Kelly, I see Laura, I see Abby, I see the EMS worker. Everybody is calm. Everybody's so, it's a different experience. Like, I'm the problem now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, everybody's old eyes are on me. But imagine if the EMS worker, Abby, Kelly, and Laura, what if they were all shaking. Imagine that changes the complexion of the experience for you. Why are you shaking? You're all shaking. Well, that's what happened in the wilderness. Everybody shook. So then you not only get a sense of the majesty of God as an individual, but you also feel as a community, we're, we're, right? We're, there's a loss. <laughs> like, no one here has, right? And we're all trembling. The Bible says, and the people were afraid and trembled. Everybody, grown men trembling. So how can we begin to understand, what's the meaning of this tremble? Why do we tremble in the presence of God? Why? Why do we tremble?
the fear of the Lord causes an unsettling to the flesh. Look at Psalm 119, verse 120. My flesh. So the fear of the Lord, the trembling is just a natural effect of, uh, right? Um, now, but, but to really appreciate when the psalmist says, my flesh trembles for fear of you, right? Um, in order to really appreciate what the psalmist is saying, I think it's important to consider something very, very important about the flesh. Look at, look at, look at, Jer- look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah 5.20, Jeremiah 5.20. Do, declare this in the house of Jacob. Proclaim it in Judah. Hear this, O foolish and sensitive people, who, who have eyes but see not, who have ears but hear not. Do, do you not fear me? So God is asking, God is going to his people and say, Hear, O, o house of you know, Judah, house of Jacob. Um, what a question. Um, God has never asked that kind of question anywhere, right? But, but, but it's, right? it's the nature of his people. Right? Do, do you not fear me? Because of. Do you not tremble before me? Now, do you know what's a rhetorical question? What's a rhetorical question? It's a question that it's already implied, <laughs> right? What, this is a rhetorical question. What is the Lord saying? Kelly, what is the Lord saying? Yeah. You don't fear me. It's a rhetorical question. The Lord is not asking, do you, do you fear me? <laughs> the Lord knows. You, you, you don't fear me. You actually don't tremble. You don't tremble. He's talking, he, is he talking to the pagans, the Babylonian pagans? Who's he talking to? His people. It, 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 you know, it's like, you know, I place the sand as a boundary of the sea, a perpetual barrier that it cannot pass. Though the waves toss, they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. Um, so much that can be said about God's response to that, right? Like, I place the sand. You, you don't fear me? But look what he says in verse 23, right? But this people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. You know, the idea that Let's be honest. Our hearts are stubborn. Our hearts are fixed. That word stubborn, right, um, Right, means a tenacious unwillingness to yield or to move. Um, listen to what Isaiah says. In, um, let's go to Isaiah 48. Um, let's just read um, Let's read verse 3, 48, verse 3. Before my things I declared of old, they went from my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them. They came to pass because I know that you are obstinate and that your neck is iron sinew. You know, the idea that our flesh is hard. Our flesh don't tremble at nothing. Our flesh is, our flesh is like, our flesh is so stubborn. Look, what Zechari- look at what Zechariah says. Look at Look at what Zechariah says. Zechariah says, they made their hearts diamond hard. <laughs> right? Our hearts by nature 
are diamond hard, unmovable, unshakable. <laughs> Have you seen people like that? I've seen people over the years, you know, just like devastated, and they still won't turn to the Lord, and they still won't go to God, and th their whole life has been uprooted left and right. And I said, boy, you're stubborn. Still going on their own way. I mean, that's, let's be honest, that's all of us. Apart from Christ, our hearts are stubborn, diamond hard. We are set in our ways. Nothing causes us to tremble. There's only one thing that can, though. Only one thing that can shake the core to the core. Only one thing. And what is it? <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 120. My flesh. Finally, it trembled. Praise God. Finally, my flesh has found its match in the awesome presence of God. Amen? Only, only the awesome presence of God can, can do, can break, right? That's why when we're, when we're praying, God, we need your presence. I mean, you guys know. I mean, try to get someone to just turn away from addiction, turn away from th these kinds. Of, it's not easy apart from a, a miracle of God. Amen, Darian? <laughs> but look at the glorious miracle that the Lord did. In, but, you know, but for every person that sees a breakthrough, there are hundreds and that's just one. Marriages. We need, how do you break that? How do you shake it to its core? By the presence of God. My flesh trembles here. Amen? The manifestation of the presence of God is the only thing that can help us to get in touch with our weakness. And, and, and settle things. Unsettle things, amen? Until we come face to face with God, we are so um, just self-confident, full of ourselves, and, and nothing, we will give in to nothing. But when God comes, and, and trust me, it's the only thing that makes a difference. There is nothing else that can change the heart, a diamond-hardened heart, nothing, except the presence of God. Amen? So the, an important feature of the fear of the Lord is that it produces a proper trembling at the awesome presence of God. We need to tremble. And we have the old man constantly wanting to reestablish re his reign and rule. Hey, amen? I don't know about you. I've got the old man still alive and well. <laughs> He's not missing. <laughs> He's not missing. He's alive and well, that little rascal. Right? He's alive and well, and he wants to harden our hearts to do our own thing. The only solution to that is an encounter with the presence of God. Amen? It, it's, it's coming face to face with God. Everyone that came into the presence of God trembled. Look at Acts, Acts 7, verses 30 and 32, at the beginning of Moses' ministry. Now, when the 40 years had passed, 
an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, again, experienced it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came a voice of the Lord. And, and here we go. Here, here's an encounter. There, there these progressing. He saw it. Um, he drew near. And as he drew near, came the voice of God. And said, I am God. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses. What did Moses do? He trembled. That's what, you know, God wants us to experience that, right? Because if we don't, then what's our point of reference? Look at Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. Behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Look at Paul. 1 Corinthians 2, 3, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Paul. That's what's motivated, right? I, I love what Paul says. Knowing the fear of the Lord, I, finish it, I persuade men. Knowing the fear of the Lord, I persuade men. Paul understood that. He, he, he knew the awesome presence of God. And so we, the scriptures commands us to tremble before the Lord. Look at Psalm 96, verse 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. That trembling is just coming to touch. One, with the presence of God, he is magnificent and mighty. Number two, I am not. That's it. Right? It's a trembling that just, it's just the, the logical consequence of a finite person coming in contact with the infinite. We tremble. We experience the greatness of God and it overwhelms us. Psalm 114, verse 7, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Amen? You know, so... How many would like God's favor in your life? I want God to consider us, right? Favor, look at what, look what Isaiah 66 says. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me? Well, I mean, that's a good question for us to consider. What do we want to build here at Hope Community Church? What kind of church, right? What is the house that you will build for me? What is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. That look there is a look of favor. He who is humble, contrite in spirit, and does what? Trembles at my word. That's convicting. Do we tremble? At his word. Now, I don't think God expects us to be trembling all the time, right? Because I, you know, there's a reality that we live in a, in a fallen world, and you know that. But but are there times when you're alone with God, or you're in the presence of God's people, that you tremble? You know, as you're listening to the word of God. What is the posture? 
I think too often time, one of, one of the things that I think in our country is that we've, we're so intoxicated in this race that our ability to tremble has been desensitized. I, don't, I think that, that we just, it's just another audible event. Another auditory event. But do we tremble at God's race? When you're reading it, and you're focused, is there a trembling that ever comes? I'm not saying that happens every day of the week. I'm not saying, but are there times when you're reading the word of God, and you're hearing what the Lord is saying, and you sense, to some degree, a, a trembling on the inside? I, do, I know I do. Not all the time. When I'm, but in moments when I just feel like it's like it, it's an aspect of you start to believe what God is saying in his word and then you begin to think about all the implications of what that means. And you say, ooh, if this is true. Right? It, you know, we need to tremble at his word. We need to tremble at the presence of God. We can't just go on as if me and God are so tight, right? But there ought to be a trembling. And we've lost that in America. There is no trembling. We're so casual with God. It's shocking to me. But we need to tremble. We, but, but maybe the reason why we're not trembling is because we, we haven't encountered his presence. And if you haven't encountered his presence, then, okay, you're not going to make up something that you don't know. But I believe that some people have, but then they become familiar. If you look at the children of Israel, they trembled here. They didn't always tremble. They walked away, and the Lord has to say later on, do you even fear me? What happened to the trembling in the wilderness? You no longer trembled. Right? We're asking God, Lord, we want to we know we want to understand the design of the church. We want to understand what you're doing in this church. But we're only going to understand that through the fear of the Lord. And one of those aspects is to tremble. Look at Philippians, Philippians 2, 12. How, how are you working out your salvation? How are you working? You know, what's your day-by-day -day attitude in working out? Look what, look, what, look what Paul says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation. How? With and trembling. Do you see the attitude? And, 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 for, and for some of us, it's just asking God, say, Lord, you know, I want this in my life, right? Don't get condemned if you feel like, I, I, this is not happening in my life. Don't, don't let the devil condemn you. Just say, Lord, I, I can't make myself tremble, but you can. <laughs> so, Lord, give me a, a, give me a revelation of your, of your holiness. Give me whatever you do, Lord. I, I want to tremble, Lord. I, wa I want to know what it means to tremble in your presence. I want to know. That. Ask him. Amen. He loves us. See, I mean, uh, Psalm 34, I think Psalm 34 says, come. Oh, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And so we, I don't know about you, I've been asking the Lord. I said, Lord, deepen into me 
by trembling. I want to go everywhere with a sense of the greatness and majesty of everywhere I go. I, I, want, I want to live like that. I don't. I get, I get, you know, we get filled with other things, right? But I long, I long, and I know that as, as long as I'm living on this side of heaven, I know I'm not, not going to be perfect. I know that. But that doesn't stop me from asking him. I said, Lord, deepen my fear of the Lord. Deepen my, my understanding of your greatness. I don't know you as great as you really are. My, my, my opinion of you is small. You are magnificent. I, I, that's my prayer. And let's pray that this week as we get along with God and pray come Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to pray that. Lord, deepen in me. Deepen. I want to know you in your power, in your greatness, so that I can tremble more. I want to tremble more. Amen. Fear the Lord, right? I believe in Psalms. I don't remember, but, but I've been meditating on scripture. Fear the Lord. Rejoice with trembling. Amen? So there's a joy in the trembling. <laughs> but I think that God wants us to really um, um, just ask him to do this. Amen? Next week we'll, we'll look at one other a behavioral response. But let's stand and let's um let's take a few minutes to pray. I don't want to take too long today. But we've been pressing the issue of the fear of the Lord. We need the fear of the Lord. Amen. We we need to ask God, help me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. And then ask him to help you understand. Don't even just take for granted that you even understand what that means. Ask him, Lord, what does that mean to tremble? And I was asking the Lord a couple weeks ago, Lord, what does it mean to tremble? And he led me to Psalm, you know, Psalm 119. My flesh trembles. Oh, okay. That's helpful. God wants our flesh to tremble. God wants to unsettle the strength and the hardness of the flesh. But he does that by his presence. I'm going to sing a song and just give an opportunity to um, God to work. We're going to sing that song, When I Look Into Your Holiness. But let's, let's um, give the Lord a few minutes here. Oh, Jesus, we, we do come to you today, Lord. We Do we tremble, Lord? Do I tremble? Lord, we want to be real. We want to be those, oh God, that, um, as Paul said, that we work out with fear and trembling so that when we come, even into your presence, when we gather together, that we could be expecting Lord, um, your presence to come down and, and that we can really, oh God, be overwhelmed by your greatness in our lives and by who you are. So Holy Spirit, come and um, encourage your people, Lord, encourage us. This is, the, Lord, this is, um, you, you, you promised to uh, not only to teach us in Psalms, 
But you promise that in the new covenant, you promise I will put my fear in you. It is really one of the one of the benefits, one of the promises of the covenant is that, Lord, that you would put your fear in us. And so we we pray, Father, that you would uh, that your promises, covenant promises would be realized in all of our lives. And so we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promises. When I look into your holiness, when I gaze into your love, shadow in the light of Jesus. When I found the joy of reaching your heart, when my will becomes shadows in the light of I worship you I worship you the Lord is tugging at your heart. Then you come. Let's 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 and let's um. If you're there, um, can someone here come and pray for Kelly? Um, but let's if the Lord is tugging at your come on. Let's let's ask God to just just teach us to tremble before Him. Amen. By the glory of your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgive us, Father, for the way we've treated you. For, forgive us, Lord, for the way we have handled your presence. We want to tremble before you, Jesus. We want to tremble before you, my King. You are mighty. You are holy. Blessed be your name, Jesus. When I look into your holiness, 
when I gaze into your love, please, when all things that surround become shadow in the light of you. Oh God, let them become shadows in the light of you. When I found the joy, hallelujah, when my will becomes enthroned in your love, when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you, hallelujah, oh, I worship you, I worship you. I worship you. Hallelujah, we give you praise. The reason I live is to worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Can you come and pray for um, us? Sue could come. I just believe in, in personal ministry like this that the Holy Spirit would just come and use. God wants to use uh, human beings so that others can enter into, into the just the greater fullness of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise, oh God. We give you praise, God. We intercede, oh God. We, we come before your presence, Lord. We are asking God that for a greater work of your Holy Spirit in, in the lives of those who have come up to Jesus. Oh God, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. You are so available, so willing to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. You are not holding back in any way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you, my King. Thank you, oh God. Te damos gracias, Señor, por tu bondad. Te damos gracias, Señor, que tú siempre nos das, Señor, lo que necesitamos. Y lo que te pedimos, Señor, tú siempre está disponible para darnos, Señor. Gloria al Señor. Mi alma te alaba y te adora, Jesús. Gloria al Señor. I worship you. I worship you. The reason I live is to worship you. Hallelujah. Te adoro a ti. Te adoro a ti. La razón de vivir adorarte a ti. Sigue adora a ti. Te adoro a ti. Te 
te adoro a ti. La razón de vivir es adorarte a ti. Te adoro a ti. Te adoro a ti. Señor, la razón de vivir es adorarte a ti. 